Recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of AGP. Amanda Gillen presents. Today is the After Dark episode, which means rules. We don't need no stinking rules. Anything goes on this podcast. We love that. Um, Today, I'm bringing you somebody absolutely amazing. I am going to call him by his first name this time. His name is Austin Allen Hamlin. For some reason, I like to just call him Alan, I don't know. I just like the middle name better. I haven't figured this out yet. Um, he is an amazing comic creator, and he is already on the line with us. Hi, Austin. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's great <laughs> to be here. <laughs> oh, look, he is enthusiastic. We're going to have lots of fun now. Well, Austin, go ahead. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do, dear. Well, uh, I am a comic book writer, uh, just, just writing, not drawing. For some reason, I mean, I'm sure most listeners understand that, but uh, in the outside world of the normal people, no one can seem to get that through their head. Oh, so you draw comics? N- no, 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 I, I write them. Oh, so you draw? No, no, just write them. Uh, but uh, I just kind of uh, most most of the stuff I've done so far, just self-published, uh, different anthologies and stuff. Nothing uh, extremely big yet, uh, but I'm just just getting, uh, keep keep on going having fun while I'm getting better, I guess, right now. So, <laughs> Yeah, it actually does amaze me how many people don't realize that, you know, when you say you create comics, there's so many factors. You know, you have the writer, the artist, and when it comes to artists, that means, you know, maybe you just do colors, maybe you just ink, maybe you actually do draw it. They're, they even pay somebody just to do the lettering on comics. You know, it's a it's a huge group when you actually go to create a comic. It's not just one person going, I'm going to draw this little picture and make a little bubble. It doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> no, no, if only it were that easy. <laughs> if it was, all of us would be making comics. <laughs> oh, for sure. So um, I've actually had the joy of reading some of your comics. You sent them over to me a couple of days ago. Um, I really enjoyed Punk Rock. Tell us a little bit about that comic. Okay, uh, The Adventures of Punkin' Rock is kind of a buddy cop space tale, uh, which has the two title characters, uh, Punk and Little Rock. Uh, Punk is a, he's, he's a, a screw-up alcoholic, and Little Rock is a set of, uh, made up of sedimentary rock, uh, and he's a midget. Uh, and there are two screw-up bounty hunters that will do anything for money. And the third important character in The Adventures of Punkin' Rock is the narrator, uh, the narrator actually interacts with the characters and talks to the reader. Uh, and it, he, He's a snarky asshole, and he only narrates the comic because he needs money to pay alimony to his ex-wife. <laughs> that, that, that's a good reason to go into a business. Um, I own alimony. Um, I'm going to take that job right there. <laughs> yeah, anything you can get. <laughs> And just where did you come up with such a because it was such an entertaining comic on top of everything else? Where did you even come up with an idea like this? Well, the uh, the narrator was actually one of my favorite movies when I was a kid was George of the Jungle, and I don't know if you've seen that, but the narrator in there talks to some of the villains in the movie, and uh, he talks directly to the audience at certain points, and I always thought it was funny, and they didn't they didn't do a ton with that, and I'm like, you know. I've never seen that in a comic where, you know, the narrator literally is talking to the characters and to the reader. I mean, like, I've seen, you know, breaking the fourth wall and stuff, like in, you know, like in Deadpool and different ways of narration, but it's just a a way to add depth to the story and kind of just do something new and weird and quirky. <laughs> I just like the fact that you're like, I don't know if you've seen George of the Jungle, the movie, and I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, sweetie, I I'm much older than you. I remember Georgia the Jungle cartoon. Okay, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people, like, I'm 20, and a lot of people my age are like, Georgia the Jungle, what's that? And I'm like, oh, my God, you're missing out. <laughs> no, but, you know, I read some of your bio, so, like, you're really into a lot of comic books, anime cartoons. Um, you like wrestling. Um, so you you like a lot of the same stuff that us old people actually watched when we were kids. So... <laughs> That's about how, it, yeah, that's what it seems like. It usually seems like, uh, I don't know, like when I go to a comic book store or if I go to like a wrestling event, I'm usually not talking to someone my age. Usually I'm talking to someone like 
oh, probably like 25 and up. I'll, you know, like at wrestling shows, I'll, I usually will find someone that's in their like mid-30s or 40s and we'll be hitting it off real well. And then like people that are my age are just kind of like, how do you know all this? And it's like, because I don't have a life. <laughs> and see, my mom's thinking about the fact that I grew up watching a television, thought that it would amount to nothing. And yet here I am with all the intelligence of the cartoon and anime and comic book world. Go figure that one out. Hey, now, what... I, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, when you're going to be on Jeopardy or something and you're going to need to phone a friend, I'm going to be the guy. <laughs> You know, they need to have one where it's just geek-related. You know, I could go in there and they'd be like, okay, well, this, the square root is, I don't know. Um, you you want to ask me, you know, what was the first line Mary Jane ever said to Spider-Man? I got you there, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, put put some of our, our information to use, you know, that's just sitting in our brain. Oh, very, very, very true. Um, now, of course, you have more than just um, your one comic, The Adventures of Punk and Rock. Um, tell us a little bit more about some of the other comics that you do and a little bit about them. Okay, uh, some of the other stuff. I've, uh, actually, Punk and Rock is the only full issue that I have out right, uh, out right now. Uh, but the other stuff that I've done uh, is like short stories and anthologies. Uh, I did, uh, there is a recurring anthology by, it's like that studio that's called Twisted Christmas. Uh, and so every mm-hmm. year they do like horror and Christmas related uh, stories and uh, they raise money for charity with the uh, sales from the comics. Uh, I did a story, my story for this year's, uh, well, I guess last year's 2014 was about a uh, murdering helper elf. So basically an elf, uh, elf on a shelf that uh, is murdering people. Uh, oh, these stories are, cause I think this year's was like 50 some page, 50 or 60 pages. And, there's just all these crazy, like, I've never, ever would have even thought about doing a horror, you know, Christmas thing, because you, it's just something you don't think of, you know, but there was one story that was, like, about uh, a guy who hired some Indians, or some Native Americans back in, like, like uh, oh, back in old times, and they were hired to uh, go reindeer hunting, so they're they're literally trying to shoot down the reindeer as Santa, you know, goes by, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a fun read, and uh, Don Pankovich, who puts it on, he just uh, he gets a bunch of different talent from all over the world. And uh, there, like there was one pinup of it's Santa in a straitjacket in a padded room, and all over the walls it says naughty, nice, like question, you know, kind of like the Joker, <laughs> with, and like it's just so funny and so fun. So uh, I've been a part of that. Uh, another thing that I did was there is a uh, uh, Pam Harrison did a anti-bullying anthology and I did a uh, uh, story for issue one and two and for the third one that isn't out yet. Um, but my stories were pretty, they're, they're a lot different. Uh, like I did, uh, the first story I did was uh, about a school shooting, but it was about, it was from the perspective of the person who did the school shooting. So it was pretty heavy and trippy. Um, it, I'm surprised. That, she said she almost didn't print it because uh, my my story was done first, and then by the time it got the first issue was going to get published, there was a ton of like school shootings like between there. But they ended up using that, and I was I was pretty happy with it. Uh, that I, I don't know. It's not it's not one of those stories where I'm like, oh hey you know, he was right to shoot them. It was just kind of, you know, hey, here's how the other side of the story is, you know, kind of thing. I was, It wasn't, you know... Right, you, 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 re- you kind of did that reflective mirror thing because everybody always looks at, like, everybody else's point of view. No one, you know, you took a different point of view when you decided to write it, and it worked. Yeah, it did, and I, it turned out really well. It, it was, uh, I don't know, It's the one thing that I did that was kind of funny, though, was I... My friend, uh, you know, my friends and family would be like, oh, hey, can you name a character after me? And I'm like, um, sure, why not? And the first person that ever asked me that, I actually named the bully in the story, <laughs> the head bully after him. And I totally forgot, like, to tell him. And, like, he bought an issue. He bought an issue of it from me when I get out. And he texts me, he's like, you son of a bitch. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what did I do? I'm like, was it bad? He goes, 
really? You named me after the bully? And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You bastard. (laughs) I mean, you know, people say to use their name. I mean, this is kind of what they get. You know, if they can be more specific. No, 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 I'm sorry for your friend, but exactly. You know, he just said, can you put my name in the comic? He didn't say where or how or why or what he wanted to be. He just said, put my name in the comic. You went, air, boom, you're there. <laughs> and I, I put him in. And so, yeah, I mean, he, I did what he said. I don't know why he's mad. <laughs> me, I would have been ecstatic. I'd be like, hey, technically that makes me the star of this story because it's my story. <laughs> uh, it really is? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and you, right now. Oh, and I'm ahead. warning you. I'm, I'm warning you. Your friends are going to be like, oh, so, you know, you, you do comics. And, like, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you do comics. So everybody's going to constantly ask, hey, can I be a character? Can you kill me off? Can you have me do this? People love that stuff. So be prepared because, you know, that may be the – you're going to see it a lot more throughout this industry. Oh, I, I – yeah, I – that's – yeah, the more I've got into it and, like, people are like, oh, really? Like, you know, and they see that I've actually, you know, got – because you know how it is, like, the misconception where people are like, oh, I'm a writer, you know. You always think of, oh, it, you know, somebody who doesn't actually write. They just say they do to try to pick up ladies. And not, and personally, if someone can say they're a writer and pick up ladies, good for them. Because I actually write, and I cannot use that to pick up ladies. It doesn't work for me. So <laughs> if it's working for you, go ahead. I can't get it to work. Um, but, you know. And so when they see that, like, you know, I've got a finished pro, you know, I've got stuff printed, you know, different publishers stuff, you know, they see that I'm going with it. Oh, hey, you know, all of a sudden they take an interest, you know, very vain of them. But uh, I'm just warning you, watch out for those con girls, man. They're they're horrible, you know. I, I'm sure, you know, within this profession, you've at least done a few conventions at this time. you got to watch out for them con girl jumpers, man. They'll be like, oh, you got a comic. You can make me famous. You're my best friend. Wait, wait I'm not even famous yet. You, you chill. <laughs> right. I was going to say, I'm like, ooh, that's, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. That's the other thing. People, you know, they're like, oh, you got a comic published. Oh, like, man, you must be rich or, you know, it's like, oh, I, I, I self-publish it. It's, God, I, I mean, I still live with my parents, so if I'm rich, man, I guess I must be banking all this money. <laughs> it's 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 actually amazing how many people. All you have to do is have a table at a show and be behind there and have a completed book, and then like all of a sudden, these people think like you're the greatest superstar that's ever walked the face of this earth. Oh yeah, and you know that's the thing is like. If I'm like, uh, you know, like I'm gonna be like, you know, Neil Adams is over there, and he's a legend. So, <laughs> you know, you know, you're way over here in the corner in the independent section. There's like Neil Adams and George Perez and Marv Wolfman, and you're just like, um, um, I'm not at that level yet. <laughs> George, per- this I have a funny story about when I met George Perez for the first time. This is hilarious. I uh, he it was my first Wizard World Chicago, and there was, like, a really big line for George Perez, and he had, like, uh, a lot of – there was staff around him and stuff, and they go, oh, hey, you could take a number and uh, come back later. Like, it saves your spot in line or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. So I take a number, and I go do all my other stuff for the rest of the day, and I come back, like, six hours later. So I show the lady my number, and she's like, oh, you're up next, you know, now. And I said, and I told him what I did. He goes, yeah. He goes, that's really smart of you. He goes, some of these idiots have been waiting in line for four hours. I know. Um, yeah. I got to, I got to meet him once, and I thought that was like the coolest thing. He's like, you know, get in line to get your number, and then take your number and go enjoy the convention because he wants us to be able to enjoy the convention and not sit in line all day. And he's like, yeah. and, and he's like, no matter, you know, no matter where we are in line, you come up, you show your number to the person. You know, if you, we've already passed your number, you get to be the next person in line. If your if your number's up next, then go ahead and get into your position in line. I think that is one of the coolest things I've ever seen anybody do because I've seen people miss out on an entire convention just to get somebody's autograph. So what he does is absolutely brilliant. Oh no, for sure. Because yeah, like. That's like people be like, oh, you know, have you got Stan Lee's autograph? It's like, uh, you know, I don't want to wait and, you know, either pay, you know, whatever the ridiculous amount is to get guaranteed, you know, for the meet and greet and stuff or wait in line for like five or six hours to get a chance. It's like, no, I'd just rather go around because there's a ton of awesome people at these things. 
exactly. I mean, no one is Stanley. I love what he's created, and he is pretty much one of the godfathers of what we do and why we love what we love. Um, but, you know, um, at the same point in time, I don't have all – if I'm spending – well, not that I spend money, but back in the day when I spent money at conventions, if I spent $800 to get it to a convention, plus my hotel room, plus my travel in the whole nine yards, I'm not wasting my entire convention for one autograph that's going to cost me another $100, and then he wants another $50 for a certificate of authenticity. And then he puts a sticker on the cover of my comic book that I can't take off. I'm going to rip off my comic book. No, thank you. I'm good. I can go somewhere else and do something. <laughs> right. That's yeah, it, it's funny because, like, there's some people I talk to and they're all like, oh, you know, back in the day, you know, it just used to be you could walk, like, uh, you could walk up to him and, you know, there wouldn't be any ridiculous line and he'd sign, you know, 30 or 40 of your books for free or whatever, you know, like back in the 80s and the 90s, you know, and then, and then he's like, once I guess once all the movies started blowing up and everybody all of a sudden, you know, and like the boom in the 90s stuff, so... Right. I mean, even looking at the transition for the last 15 years, my very first convention was actually in 2001. It was at Dragon Con. And you, they used to just have this room where, like, all the celebrities would sit down. You could pretty much just walk up, say hi, shake their hand, talk to them, get your autograph. Autographs are, like, 20 maybe 25 bucks a pop. Now you're looking at $60, $800 here, and the lines are excruciating long. And it, you can just see how much this industry has boomed. Since in just the last 14, 15 years alone. I was going to say, because, like, yeah, say, like, it's unheard of now to just be able to, you know what I mean? Just go and 25 bucks for an autograph. Damn, I wish, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wish now. That's, oh, I I mean, I believe in. 2001, the most expensive autograph at that convention that time was William Shatner's, and his was $50. That was an expensive autograph. Now you go to get William Shatner's, you know you're going to be throwing down a three-digit dollar bill. Man, he's at everything, too, because, like, there's, okay, like, for people who go to a ton of conventions or follow follow them, there's, like, there's actors, okay, like, especially at wizard shows, there's, like, four or five people that are at, like, every single wizard shows. Like, okay, so William Shatner's one, uh, Jason Davis Frank, who's the Green Power Ranger from Mighty Morphin. He's at every convention. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. There's, like, uh, like Lou Ferrigno is one. Like, I don't know. It's, like, I don't know. Personally, if I was them, I was, like, don't don't you want to go do something else other than this? I mean, because... I love comic conventions, don't get me wrong, but, like, if you're a celebrity, I'm like, why, why aren't you doing something more awesome than this? Like, why do you, you – know, the, yeah. well, there they, are some. You know, for them, it's it. they love the experience, you know. Um, Jason David Frank, you know, he is everywhere, but he loves conventions. Oh. I, I, him go, you know, I mean, he just loves being there. Of course, getting him to stay at his table is probably the biggest trick you could possibly have when it comes sure. to having him at a convention because he has this tendency to go, oh, look at this, and it's shiny, and I'm going over here now. Uh, wait, no, get back here. No, mirror. Stop. Somebody put a shock collar on that man, please. That's funny. Yeah, he, like, on, I, on his Facebook page, he always is, like, uh, like taking, like, videos, like, of, like, the crowd and stuff and pictures with fans. He does, like, he does a lot of giveaways and stuff on his Facebook page, too. And, like, he has one thing where it's, like, oh, the 300th person to comment on this, I'll, I'm going to message and I'll talk to you for, or, like, I'll do a five-minute phone call with you, which is, like, I think that's really cool, like, you know, it, it's nice to see because, you know, I've been doing, you know, run, I've either been running conventions or going to convention. You know, I've been doing conventions since 2001, um, which started off as going as a fan. Now I work for these things. You know, I help promote them. You know, I get to do all this behind the scenes work, which you will ne- trust me, you've never worked until you've had to put together a convention and try to make sure everything runs smooth, and you're trying to make this person and this person and this person and this person happy, but that also means that you have to do this, 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 and this, and the other people don't like the other stuff that you're doing. Trust me, you will have a headache and a heartbat. I was going to say, it sounds like a lot of stress. It, it really is. I, I will never, ever, ever own my own convention because I don't want to be the con chairman. I enjoy being the person that the convention contacts and brings in to do the work and get the pay, get the money and not have to deal with 98% of the stress that they have to. I get to deal with like 0.2%. I get to deal with 0.02% of it. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, in all honesty, 
um, you know, seeing someone like him and the way how he gives back to his fans is absolutely amazing because, unfortunately, um, in this industry, whether it's comic creators, celebrities, whatever it is, there are many of those that really don't give back to the community. They act like, you know, I became a celebrity. I got, I got given the golden ticket to be this famous person, and you all should worship the ground that I walk on, and that's just the way that it is. And it's like they forget the fact that you want to be famous without us in the first place. So I was going to say, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Nerds are like having nerds on your side is super powerful. I mean, like look at like okay, like Futurama, like it got taken off the air, but like people loved it so much, the fans, you know, that it came back, you know, stuff like that, or like, you know, like actors who like have massive, massive followings, like, like I can guarantee you, some of them like they only get roles because you know that the company will know, hey, he'll bring all, you know, he or she'll bring all his fans with them. Like it's a good thing to have a following, and like you can't get to where you want to go without, you know, having people like you. Like, it, it's like they always say, you know, sometimes it helps if people like you. And I, that's I, true for everything. Yeah, um, I think one of the, the the best things I ever saw at a convention um, was actually at the Cincinnati Comic Expo last year. They had John Reese davies there. And he had this panel. And um, they made the panels about 45 minutes long. And he's used to doing panels for an hour. And... They were sitting there, and he had this line of people to ask questions with him, and they started trying to tell him, okay, you know, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And he goes, well, when's the next panel? And they're like, well, at three. He's like, well, that's in 15 minutes. And they're like, yeah. He's like, so I've got a bloody another 15 minutes. So they could bloody well wait because I'm more important, and so are my fans. So they could bloody well wait while I finish this. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there going, I'm not fighting this, man. I'm just letting him do it. That's funny shit. That's that's cool though that he was like. I'm just sitting there going, damn. Um, John Reese Davies gets the gold medal for awesomeness at this point, and that's just the final straw. That's it. That's it. That's that's <laughs> that's great. And the funny part was, is I wasn't even working this convention. I was just there, and I'm just like. And they all look at me like, you do something. I don't work for this convention. Uh-uh, don't even look at me. I'm not doing it. No. I was going to say, once he responds with that, I'm like, what, do you want to go kick him out? And, you know, like, I wouldn't want to try to say anything past that. Like, you just let him stay till three. And then it was just funny because, like, the person who was running the panels was like, but I have to go get the other guest. And he just looks at me and goes, Amanda? And I'm like, what? He's like, when he's finally done, can you take him back to his table? I was like, that I can do. Just don't ask me to tell him to stop because I ain't even about to do it. I've seen this guy. He's a dwarf. He gets angry if you throw him. No. <laughs> 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 For those of you who don't get it, he's he plays Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Remember when he, they have to throw him? Don't tell anybody. So no, uh, uh-uh. uh, we don't we don't throw John Reese Davies. That's a big no no. We learned this in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Just in case somebody's not geeky enough to get it. <laughs> well, um, but we need <laughs> now going back to some of your work because we could. I think you and I could tell con stories for like the next 40 hours. Oh, um, <laughs> Going back to your work, you know, what really got you into comics? Because, I mean, you're 20 years old. You're like the, like the young kid on the block and everything. So what, so, what were some of your inspirations? It's, no, it's, it's funny because, like, comics for me, I – so kind of how it was, I have two older sisters. They are 10 and 11, I think, years older than me. Uh, so – I was always, like, watching, you know you know how it is when you're, you know, like, younger siblings, like, oh, they're doing it, I want to see, you know, all this stuff. So, the stuff that, like, my sisters watched, my sisters watched the 90s Spider-Man, the 90s X-Men cartoon, uh, of course, the Ninja Turtles, uh, you know, the classic, uh, the, the comedy one, and stuff like that, and so I, I was watching those, and those were my favorite cartoons, and it was because, you know, that when something happened in this episode, it, you know, they would acknowledge it in other episodes, and, you know, there was two or three-part episodes, you know, because this is going to sound better. It was kind of like some of the other cartoons, like it felt like an insult to my intelligence. It's like, wait a minute, but, like, you know, I'm like, this happened last week or whatever, but, like, they're not talking about it. But in X, you know, in the X-Men cartoon, they'd be like, yeah, the last time we fought Magneto. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. I was here watching. <laughs> yeah, uh, they did really good with those. With that, The Spider-Man, the Batman anime series, and X-Men, they did really well with that. 
Exactly. And so then the thing was, is my uncle, he would always get us, uh, for Christmas, he would get us uh, gift cards to the bookstore. And this was, you know, it, it's funny because in my youth, and I, I'm still young and 20, but, like, when I was, like, I'll oh, probably 14 and under, I despised reading, which is weird because now I read every single freaking day. Uh, but he gave me this book, uh, you know, uh, gift card to the bookstore, and I bought Marvel Masterworks Volume 1 Fantastic Four. So it was the original, I think it was 12 issues in the first uh, hardcover of uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four run. And I started reading them, and, you know, I don't even know what... It, you know what specifically it was, but I just I read the whole thing and I'm like, whoa, like this is this is amazing and like, oh, this is so cool. And like after that, like I made my sister because I couldn't drive at this point. I made my sister, you know, drive me to the nearest comic book store. And the nearest comic book store for me in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, is 45 minutes. So I made my sister drive me 45 minutes, and then I walked into that store and just like looking around and like it felt right. And I, I remember the first things that I bought, uh, you know, I don't, it's funny cause I couldn't tell you what issue it was. I could tell you exactly what was on the cover. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Robert Kirkman says this. He's like, you know, I, I can't remember the first movie I ever watched. I can't remember the first novel I ever read, but I can tell you the date, the time, the place, what the room smelled like when I picked up my first comic book. And that's kind of how it was. I can tell you my first issue. Marvel, G.I. Joe, by Larry Hammond, issue 62, with Snake Eyes and Scarlet on the cover, walking through a landmine field. Damn, you even got me beat. Look at you. <laughs> Nerd badge <Yeah>. of honor. <laughs> but, you know, you're talking about, you know, you watch these cartoons, and then you start going to comics. That's pretty much the same thing. When I got that first comic, and I realized, wait a minute. So you're telling me my favorite cartoon right now, G.I. Joe, is actually also a book because I don't like to read. I still don't like to read. If it's a comic, I'll read it, but I really don't like to read. You, you're you not going to see me pick up a book and go, ooh, let me read this. So that's just not who I am. Yeah. Um, but comic books, you know, was, you know, they, 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 the pictures and the fact that the picture alone could tell a story. And then on top of that, you know, it, you know, it was related to something that I was already into. So, of course, eventually that moved to getting the third release of the Ghost Rider in Marvel. And it's funny because I'm more now a DC girl than I am a Marvel girl, but Marvel is what brought me into comics from G.I. Joe to the Star Wars. Um, they had Star Trek. Um, I got into Ghost Riders. And then I started reading Marvel Comics Presents, which introduced me to characters like the Scarlet Witch, um, Moon Knight, and um, Wolverine. And then, of course, that went on and on. And then I started picking up Batman comics, and um, I fell in love with the character Darkseid, and it just went from there. I, You know what? I think it was during the 90s that, like, I don't know. I just think that during that time period, Marvel was doing – doing more animation stuff and like obviously they uh you know in like the 2000s actually 2000s of today they you know done more uh with movies and cartoons and i and i kind of think that's you know that's what you know because i i do read a lot of dc stuff now and you know it's just i can thank marvel for getting me into comics because it's just like oh there's more of you know there's more you know there's more of spider-man there's more all this oh here's you know 500-some issues or whatever, go back and, and have fun. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it was just funny because a lot of people, you know, I get to talk to a lot of people, and they're like, yeah, Batman was my first comic as Superman. I'm going, yeah, my first comics were all revolved around, like, the cartoons that I watched. So, like, I'm, like, picking up Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joe and He-Man. And <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, you know, and that's the thing that always bugs me is, like, people will be like, oh, you know, you read that junk comic or, you know, it's like, you know, who cares what people read as long as they enjoy it, you know? Exactly. I mean, I will be honest, the first comic in D.C. that I bought was um, V Issue 1, which is based off of the 1983 TV series. I know you're too young for this, but they did that remake originally um, with, um, oh, what's her name from um, Firefly? Um, Morena? Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, um, but V was originally starring Mark Singer, Jane Badler, 
uh, Richard Hurd, Robert England, and um, in there, um, they it was about lizards coming from outer space and kidnapping people for food and taking all of our water, pretty much. And that was like the epitome of television back in the time because this was like uh, the it was the TV movie, so like it was like this big thing. And then they came out with this comic, and that was what got me into DC, which introduced me to the Batman's, the Superman's, and Wonder Woman. So it all stems from my television watching into comic books into what I am today. So you know, we're really not that much different. Look at oh you know I I you know I feel, don't don't say that because you don't want to be compared to me I'm not I mean I I'm not that great so you know uh, you're, kinda... you're, you're talking to super geek woman here all right what do you want to be when you grow up I'd be the queen of all the nerds you know nice <laughs> <laughs> goal stretch there yeah I'm already on my way so I'm just gonna kind of keep with it that works. Like either I want to be the queen of all nerds, or I want to be a Broadway star, and this one seems to be more realistic, so we're going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you got into comics, and then, um, you know, you're a writer, and so, who are some of your like inspirations? You know that you know when you were reading comics that you're like, man, the way that this guy wrote this was absolutely amazing, and that's when you're like, okay, I want to create comics. Okay, there is there's a couple, and the, it's funny because uh, I don't. A lot of people will be like, "Oh, they'll they'll credit uh, a writer, uh, you know, a writer artist that did their favorite superhero book," and that's actually not what wanted to get me into writing. Uh, when I started, I don't know if you've ever read The Boys uh, by Garth Ennis and mm-hmm. Derek Robertson. That is what did it for me. It was, it was Garth Ennis because I. Uh, after I started reading The Boys, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this is awesome, this is crazy. And I started reading his other stuff, and it just showed me that comics, you know, like, I love superhero comics, but it showed me that comics don't have to just be superhero stuff. Like, they, you know, comics is just a medium to tell a story, and a story can be about anything. So, anything. Yeah, that was that was one of the big things. And so uh, I just, you know, him and then Mark Miller was another one. I... It's funny because uh, when Kick-Ass was coming out, uh, I mean, I've always been the young guy at the comic book store, uh, obviously, that was like a serious reader, and everybody would say, uh, they're like, oh, you're Dave, you know, you're Kick-Ass, that'd be you, you'd be that guy that was, you know, because you love comics so much that you'd go and try to be a hero. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the last one uh, is uh, Phil Hester, and it's kind of cool now because I'm really close with him, and he's one of my buddies. Uh, he's from Iowa, too, and he some of the stuff he writes is weird as shit, and that is why I love it. <laughs> Phil Esther is quite brilliant, and I really do love some of his work. He is quite a brilliant creator. I would give that no hands down. Speaking of people you know, so, like, I'm sitting here, and I'm doing research, on you and everything for the podcast and stuff, and I was sitting there and I look at your Facebook page and I didn't even realize that you knew my buddy Jeff Bulk. Oh yeah, just awesome. He is so awesome. <laughs> How'd you two meet? I met him at uh, my uh, Wizard World Chicago, and actually the cool thing that I uh, with him was I was trying to find someone who would hand color an original piece of art for me. Uh, my, cause like that was my first big con. So what I did was is I got a 11 by 17 green arrow, uh, drawn by Phil Hester and then inked by Andy Parks who, uh, inked over him when he drew quiver and did all the stuff with, uh, Kevin, when Kevin Smith was writing it. So I had, you know, an inked, this 11 by 17 inked green arrow, but I wanted it in color. So, you know, I, I just look and feel the color and, he, of course, you know, like with the sketch coloring stuff he does, and he, he hand-colored it for me, and, uh, you know, I just sat there and, you know, kind of bullshitted with him, and he was really funny. But the funny thing about meeting him was is I had no idea that he was gay. And the only reason this is funny is because so uh, Brandon, who is his husband now, was there, and uh, I kept being like, oh, your little helper or whatever, and, like, kept saying that. And then, like, then it finally sunk into me that I'm like, oh, God. That's his boyfriend. Now I feel like a jackass. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I think it's more funny that you didn't catch it because I mean, like the moment I met him, I was like, "Yep, I know that. I got this." <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah. I'm from Iowa, so I mean, I think that gives me a pass 
you know, I don't. I've, I at that point in time, I had not seen a lot of. Uh, uh, I, or I, I, I not gay was this new thing to me. You know, as was electricity. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing the Iowa Trump card here. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it get you know it's kind of like a Jew card. It never goes away. Okay, that was bad. <laughs> Again, it doesn't matter. There is, uh, we're never politically correct on this show. So please let. <laughs> the only time we try is when we're all ages, because you know you never know. There could be a three-year-old listening, but you can't be a three-year-old listening to this podcast. So it really fucking doesn't matter. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Trust me, you want to talk about politically incorrect, and I will apologize because this may bother some people, but um, there's been a joke since um, when was that? Oh, I can't remember. Um, From 9-11, because that just happens to be my birthday. And so, we there was a party one time, and I just was like, you know, when I throw a party, towers fall down. And everybody went, oh my god! And I went, what? (laughs) That's funny as hell. Uh Uh-huh. It's very politically incorrect, and, like, I know I get in trouble if I ever said it, like, out to, like, the whole world, you know. I'm very selective on who I would ever say something like that to, and it's, like, you know, it's not like I'm, like, not trying to show disrespect or anything, you know. I realize that, you know, what it was was a real tragedy, but, you know, I have a sick, twisted sense of humor that will always get me into trouble, and that's how I do things, and I'll send a look on everybody's faces, like, you're going to hell. And I went, well, yeah, have you met me? I'm going to hell, and it's going to be decorated. It's going to be all bedazzled. I'm going to get down there, and he's going to be like, nah. Pretty. <laughs> we always say, uh, me and my one friend, like, we'll be like, oh, dude, we're going to hell. We'll be like, he's like, well, at least we'll be warm, you know? It's warm there. We'll yeah, because this cold, that ain't me. I woke up this morning, it's like one degree with a wind chill factor making it negative 10, and I went, Somebody better come pick me up because I ain't walking to work in this. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh God, I hate I hate cold. Like I would rather deal with unbearable heat than cold. I'm That's I'm definitely me, the same way. Unless someone's gonna get me a tauntaun so I can like hibernate in that. No, I'm not dealing with the cold. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, you know, and and even if I can't find a tauntaun, if I see a fat looking hobo, I'm gonna just cut him open and go inside him. <laughs> And, you know, I, no, no fucks given. Just remember, if you think they smell bad on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably way more, like, oh, God, I don't even, like, you know, like, when you, like, I don't know, like, there's a piece of fruit, and, like, you cut it open, and it's, like, rotting on the inside. Like, it looks fine, it looks fine on the outside, but it was rotten on the inside. Like, hobos look rotten on the outside, so I don't even want to know how rotten they are on the inside. <laughs> Hopefully you'll have a friend that's dying of hypothermia that just got attacked by a wampa, and you'd be like, here, you try this first. Here you go. <laughs> Let me know if you survive. If you can last 10 minutes, it'll be okay. <laughs> if you don't die, then it's suitable for me. So. <laughs> and then on the bright side, if he does that, you can still probably, like, position your friend's body now that he's dead and maybe use it to keep the bad stuff off of you and just kind of, like, use his body to, like, hold up the bad stuff or something. I don't know. Like, like are you telling me to, like, cut up my friend and wear him as a skin suit to stay warm? That's not a bad idea. I'm I'm okay with that. Here here on AGP, we will murder your friends just so you can be warm. And this is brought to you by Nationwide because it's on your side. They're on your side, not his side. <laughs> You're like, it's like, go ahead and judge me. He was my friend. He would have wanted me to be warm. This is a true friend sacrifices himself so I can be warm. That's just the way that it is, man. <laughs> man, this, this makes me want to find, like, most of my, like, I don't think I have any friends that are, like, fat or morbidly obese. I need to find some obese friends just in case. Come to Ohio. We're full of it. We got them all here. They're right here. You got a ton of fatties out there? Uh, well, yeah, we have to be. It gets cold. It, 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 we don't call it fat. We call it insulation so we don't die of hypothermia with five inches of snow on the ground. And ice everywhere and negative degrees and wind chill factors. And then when we want to go outside and have a cigarette, yeah, we, it's called insulation. <laughs> insulation. <laughs> so um, now 
you you know you have your one comic and you've done all these other works. Is there any place that people can go take a look at your stuff? Yeah, uh, actually, on my website, uh, which is www.hamblincomics.com, H-A-M-B-L-I-N-C-O-M-I-C-S.com. I don't know why I had to think about that. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So you can spell your name, but you can't spell comics. Uh, <laughs> apparently not. That's that's the sad thing. I don't know if that's bad or if it would have worse the other way. But, yeah, no, uh, uh, on there, there's, like, a... I, I usually try to do like a blog post every week, and it's not always about comics. Like my my one that I did last week was uh, just about random uh, rock songs that I like that were kind of obscure. Uh, there's my resume, published work is on there. There's a bunch of short comics you can read, uh, and then that also will link can link you to uh, my Etsy store, which uh, you can buy uh, print copies of some of the different stuff I've done, and then uh, also. My, what I what I most update is I have a Facebook page, uh, which is it's facebook.com slash Austin Allen Hamblin. Uh and on that I I you know, post little teasers of art for different things and uh uh you know, discussion posts and questions of the day, you know, just always always something happening over there. Not always anything important, but there's always something happening. Right. And you actually have two Facebook pages, correct? Yeah, I've got my personal page and then like the uh, the one which I just plugged is like my, I don't know, I, w- I don't want to say professional page because I'm not professional, but it's like, ju- it's just the comic stuff, you know. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, you're a professional. You're doing podcasts, you're doing shows, you're selling comics. That makes you a professional. You're just not a rich professional. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, most definitely not. <laughs> All right, and are you on any other thing like Twitter or anything like that? Yes, uh, I am on Twitter at Austin A Hamblin, um, and I yeah I'm I'm a relatively easy dude to get a hold a hold of. Uh, so anyone with an obsession to stalk, uh, you know, go ahead. <laughs> it'll, feed my, it'll feed my ego. <laughs> I, I can just see this. Welcome to Hambling Comics. Stalkers welcome. <laughs> Right, like I mean, that's the thing. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, you always deal with the uh, with socially awkward people at comic conventions, and you know. But I, ha- I've yet to be stalked by a comic person. I was stalked by this one girl in high school, but that had nothing to do with comics. She was just really fucking creepy and weird. No, well, like I told you before at the beginning of this, though, you gotta watch out for some of those girls. Um, it's not it's not that they're trying to get into comics; they're trying to get comics into them. It's like, uh, no. Go away, bad you. <laughs> why? Why? Did, why are they trying to get comics into them? Why don't they try to get me into them? Okay, that's bad. But <laughs> that's that's what that means. They're, they're, oh, they're, okay. Now, now I'm that basic, went right over my head. They're, they're basically little. They're basically well. They're con sluts. They jump from creator to creator to creator. They sleep with anybody they could possibly get to because they honestly think the moment that you have a comic book, you're going to be somebody like Stan Lee, and they want an opportunity to try to mooch off of you. They're little con sluts, and it's just like, ew, go away. Just no. I don't know. This doesn't sound so bad to me. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. but you, you know, honestly, do you really want a leech, or do you want somebody who would actually really who actually appreciates no, the no, work? No, no, I know, but 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 you've got to realize, you, you know, I'm a I'm a twenty year old, twenty uh, year old. So yeah, I know. You're all younger. their hormones going. <laughs> look, just remember, they're fun to play with. Just don't make them a collectible, okay? Don't you know? <laughs> save that for somebody who That's... appreciates your work. <laughs> one of my one of my friends' dad. Oh God, he he said this to me one time. He goes, "Hamblin, you're so horny, you'd fuck a snake if somebody held the teeth back for you." Like, uh, Jesus. Um, you That's do know they up. have. You know, you don't have to go for the the head part. They have a tail, and it's very wiggly, and it it'll be quite fun. Are you are you giving me pointers on how to fuck <laughs> a snake? Did that just happen? <laughs> Well, I was, a I was a zookeeper for quite a while, so. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> now, we've talked a little bit about, you know, um, you know some of your websites and stuff. Um, you said that you have your Etsy page, so people can go there and order some prints and stuff. Where can people get your comic that you have? 
Uh, yeah, the comics are on, uh, I've got my comics up on Etsy. Uh, some of the different stuff I've done is up on Indie Planet. Uh, but mainly right now it's, uh, it's, uh, through cons, uh, and like I, you know, through the mail and stuff or whatever. I, I mean, I'm not, nothing's too major right now. I haven't done any Kickstarters or anything yet. Uh, I'm hopefully, uh, we're planning on doing a Kickstarter for a graphic novel of, uh, the adventures of punk and rock. Cause the second issue is basically done third issue is basically done for that so we're thinking about compiling this massive thing and doing a kickstarter for it um but soon i'm telling you soon you'll be able to buy my comics everywhere and of course you know when it comes to the kickstarter you know if you need a hand you know let me know um i've actually you know helped out on quite a few kickstarters and you know i'd be more than happy to help promote it for you as well all right that sounds awesome and of course, you better that. And when it's time to launch the Kickstarter, you better come back on this show and help and promote it because you know we would definitely want to have you back on the show. I say oh, we like, dear. I say we like me and the voices in my head want you back on the show. Like there's multiple people in this room other than me. Like <laughs> we, who's this we? Now I'm gonna have to have like this conversation on who the we is. Cause no, definitely- it's okay. <laughs> I was leaving work today and I saw someone and and, I, and they were talking. There was no one near them because I was going to my car, and I'm like, oh, okay, they must have one of them Bluetooth headsets in. They did not. So this guy was just having a full-on fucking conversation with himself. And, and like, I have always been told that it's okay to talk to yourself, just not to answer yourself. Well, this guy was answering himself, so he was gone. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's only funny because I've done that. Oh, God, so you're the crazy guy that I was afraid of. I got in my car fast to that team of guys, okay? I will sit there and have conversations. Well, maybe I should go here. Nah, maybe I should. Well, you know, what would be some of the benefits of going here? Well, you could always try. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, no, I'm no, actually- no. See, see, those conversations, see, I do that too. That's okay. But this guy was, he was like telling a story to some, like to someone as if they weren't there, but he was telling the story to himself, and obviously he was there. So that, that was kind of crazy. Maybe he has an imaginary friend he was talking to. I Like Foster's home for imaginary yeah. friends? Yeah, you know, he just never grew out of that stage. We all had that stage. Or maybe, he's Eduardo. Or maybe he said he's dead people, okay, and he was talking to the dead people. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, oh, my God. If I ever see that guy again, I'm going to be like, hey, go talk to Bruce Willis someplace else. <laughs> I mean, seriously, uh, I'm trying to find a logical explanation for this. I may be stretching into different realms here, but I'm trying. If we want to go logical, we're going to go uh, tweaking or meth or crack. Uh, we get a lot of those. <laughs> I used to work third at this grocery store, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I just moved to first shift a couple weeks ago, weeks ago. But we had, yeah, they we'd get tweakers and drunks and... Yeah, it was great. It was it was a, a fun old time with all these weird people coming in, these weird motherfuckers. <laughs> so now we've mentioned a little bit about conventions. You say that you do go to some. Do you already have some already lined up for this year? Yeah, let's see. This year, uh, okay, next month of March, and I'm trying to think of the date. Uh, it's like I think March 22nd. I will be at DanCon, uh, which is in Orland Park, Illinois. That is a uh, great show. I lo- yeah. I, I've uh, let's see. I think. Set up there once. No, I set up there twice, and I went as a fan once. I always, always have fun with it. I love Dan, who puts it on. Dan is the man. Yes, uh, he is. Uh, then I will be going, also going to C2E2 in April. Um, and then in May, I will be going to Ocon in Ohio. Uh, and then in June, I will be at Wizard World Des Moines. So, got to get a few lined up. All right, well, you know, I'll be at C2E2, and you should send me the link over for that one in Ohio if you're going to be in my neck of the woods, because, you know, I am, I'm here in Ohio right now. Oh, I meant, did, I say, did I say Ohio? I meant to say Omaha. Whoops. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, you said Ohio. I'm like, hey, I Ohio. do that all the time. I do that all the time. I, I always say Ohio when I meet Omaha. So in other words, he really doesn't know what shows he's going to because he doesn't even know what state they're in. <laughs> like, I'll be showing up in Ohio. I'll be like, where's the comic convention? Like, you, you went the wrong fucking way. Omaha's in Nebraska. They, they got corn. We got Amish people and a lot of Asians. That's what we got. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of Asians. That's, that's quite the combination. Is, is, there any, 
Is there any Asian Amish people? Because I kind of want to see that. I don't know, but Ohio right now has the highest population of Amish people and the highest population of, population of Asian hookers. Of Asian hookers? That's very specific. <laughs> Welcome to Ohio! <laughs> yeah, Asian hookers and Amish. Okay. Attracted to large men in beards and or Asian <laughs> prostitutes? We've got them. Everywhere. Ohio. They should put that on, like, like you know, like, they have those commercials for, like, California and stuff about how you should come visit, like, Ohio. Just, like, a whole bunch of Asian prostitutes. Got a thing for Asians? <laughs> you know, remove the Cincinnati Bengals to start promoting the Asians. <laughs> the Cincinnati Asians. Like, oh, but we do. It, it, it's like, you know, well, we have the city, Cleveland, that has set their river on fire not once, not twice but three times because it is so polluted. <laughs> Welcome to Ohio. Hey, <laughs> you, you had to try. Count. You did not hey. make it that, that disgusting by not trying. You had to try to make it that disgusting. <laughs> Luckily, I live in Cincinnati and not Cleveland, so my my downfall is, hey, who day bangles? <laughs> you know, the team hey, that what? walks... The team that walks into the playoffs and goes, we're just happy to be here. We're going home. Bye-bye. We're just happy. Thank you for letting us come. We'll see you. We'll see you next year, maybe. (laughs) You know, plus the other thing is, I mean, mean, I've never been to Cleveland, but, I mean, a Cleveland steamer was named after Cleveland. So, I'm thinking, well, maybe. Or maybe it was named after a guy named Cleveland who liked poop. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to look into this really. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll definitely see you over at C two E two. Unfortunately, I won't make it to DanCon this year. I've got higher engagements. I can't remember what show, but I had to, you know, narrow it down. With twenty two shows this year, you just have to sometimes pick and choose. But I will definitely see you at C two E two, which we will definitely have fun. We'll have to go out, hang out. You know, you'll be underage, so I'll take all of your alcoholic drinks for you. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll be. The, I can be the DD. So there you go. Yes, I will take a margarita, and he will take a margarita, but I'm going to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll take two shots of tequila, and I'll take his. <laughs> I'm drinking for you know that's like when people like uh, when pregnant people are like, oh, I'm eating for two. You like, I'm drinking for two. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As you drag the drunken body out of the bar, like, no, I'm not drunk. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't let me black out. I've done that once at a convention. That was not pretty. I don't know. I I think it might be entertaining because you're pretty entertaining sober. So I'm thinking drunk, you're probably <laughs> a hell of a good time. <laughs> me. <laughs> Being drunk is one of the funniest things. It's like, okay, this one was already bad enough because she was, like, on Coke and energy drinks as it is. Now it's putting alcohol into her, and it's gone. Like, I can't – it's a it's a blur, and I can't keep up with it. What what the hell happened to it? It's It'll be something very entertaining, to say the very least. Well, that's great. I, I can. I don't know. I'm trying to imagine. I don't know if I can. I just imagine that's awesome. So, motion. Trust me. You haven't. Even, have you? Have I met you? Have, when? How did we meet? Did we just meet online, or did I actually run into you at a convention? Just online. I've never met you in person. Um. Okay. So you actually. You still have no idea when it comes to me at a convention. Like literally, it's just this streak that you see as I stop by and go, "Hey, how's it going?" Nyeong. Hey, what do you need? Nyeong. Hey, what? okay. Do you, do you do you watch the comedian Jeff Dunham? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm Peanut on Coke. Oh God! Oh mm-hmm. God! That is definitely who I am. That is definitely my character. By by leaps and bounds. Like, I make Peanut look like he's calm, collective, and is on volume. So. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So you're in for quite a treat at C2E2. That I guarantee you. <laughs> oh, see, see I, I don't even know what you look like. So as far as I'm concerned, you are a 45-year-old large African-American man. No, I am a 35-year-old um Average size at about 220 pounds. Um, 
geek-loving, gaming, uh, action figure, collecting, comic book reading, um, animal lover who has four cats and a dog, who spends her entire time either working on conventions, working for conventions, or podcasting. I don't know. I still get the feeling you're a black man in disguise. No, definitely not. <laughs> I like men. That would make me gay. I'm not gay, so I definitely have to be a female. All right, besides, I, besides, with my high-pitched chipmunk squeaky voice, definitely not a dude. Definitely not. <laughs> and we mean you haven't seen my pictures. I, I'm on Facebook. There are photos of me. It's I not like... Have, <laughs> I have a terrible memory, so I probably, like, and I've probably seen them. I probably know exactly what you... I'm going to look when I get off here, and I'm going to be like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, I know exactly what you look like, but right now I'm just drawing a freaking blank. I've seen that thing. It's been a blur at the conventions I've been at. Because <laughs> you know, you do, like you said, you go to Chicago a lot, and I uh, and you know, I ha- I normally hit up C two E two. Um, I was there last year. Um, I've been to Wizard World Chicago. I've been to DanCon. Um, I was in DanCon in two thousand thirteen. So you know, I've been there. <laughs> so you probably have seen me. You just don't remember what I look like because I was a blur. It was blur. The blur. <laughs> blur. So, of course, you know, we are running down to the last four minutes of the show. Um, so, again, you know, um, again, repeat every, you know, tell, uh, repeat to everybody where they can find some of your work. HamblinComics.com, Facebook.com, slash Austin Allen Hamblin. And remember, Hamblin is spelled H-A-M-B-L-I-N, and comics is spelled (laughs) C-O-M-I-C-S. Yes. I I don't know how to spell it. (laughs) I want to go to my website, but how do I spell comics? (laughs) Oh, don't worry, it's bookmarked. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's bu- no, and that's why you don't know how to spell it. You bookmarked everything. <laughs> the best um, way. <laughs> and of course, you know, make sure that you stop up at DanCon C2E2. Um, what, what was it? Omaha, not Ohio. Omaha. <laughs> Yes, don't go to Ohio to see me. <laughs> don't go to Ohio. He's not going to be here. I'll be here. He will not be here. <laughs> I swear you have made me laugh so hard in this in this podcast that my jaws and my face hurt because I can't stop smiling and laughing. That's good then. I've done my job. <laughs> that is that is absolutely excellent by no by all means because you know the whole point of you know being able to do this is not only being able to let you get you know to talk to the people and let them hear about the work that you do, but just to have fun. And I really do hope that you had fun today. I really do. Oh, I had tons of fun. And I really do hope that when the Kickstarter comes out, you know, you'd be more than happy to come on and we'll talk a little bit about the Kickstarter. And, you know, we, we filled up a whole hour and we didn't even talk about things that you like, like movies or television or anything like that. We talked about comics and cartoons you watch. So well, there's still so much more to start scraping off of you other than, you know, killing hobo men so we could stay warm. <laughs> right, yes, or how to sleep with a snake. So. <laughs> or how to sleep with a snake. <laughs> I can teach you how to be violated by a monkey, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I'm thinking I don't want to be caught that. <laughs> so, anyway, Austin, I thank you so much for being on this show. You have been an absolute blast. I've had so much fun having you on here. Again, everybody, please make sure that you check him out. Um, he's got his Facebook page, which is Austin Allen Hamblin. Um which is his personal page. Then he has Austin Allen Hambling comic book writer is his professional page on Facebook. You can also check him out on Twitter, which you said was Austin A. Hamblin, correct? Yep. Yep. All right. And, of course, you can always go over to his website, which is Hamblin comics.com and you know there you know he's got a wonderful little bio some really cool pictures he even has the cutest little button that says ask me anything and for some reason after this after this wonderful conversation we've had i really do believe you can ask him just about anything and he's going to answer it (laughs) Uh, yes unfortunately yes 
Well, again, we thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it is now 8 o'clock, so, of course, we are going to have to say goodbye. I hope that everybody enjoyed their time here today. Um, always remember, AGP is every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We still have many more guests on their way. Next week, we have Rodney Fike, who um, is known for his comics of Peanut Pudding and Jelly, and also, um, you know, he's a fabulous artist. We have Eric Adams coming on the show here shortly, who will be discussing his works um, um, with um, his comics. He is also a writer. We have Scott Simmons, who is a writer and artist, who will be joining us. Chris Carlton, who will be joining us, who is also a writer. And we also have Jesse, who is the con chairman of Gem City Comic Con, which is coming up in March. He will also be joining us as well. So we have many more people coming up. Matter of fact, we are booked all the way through April. So we have many guests for you all to enjoy. And of course, you know, there will be a special podcast coming up um, where I I will get to talk to you all about a Kickstarter that I will be having here shortly because I am going to be having my own Kickstarter, which I can't wait to actually be able to tell you all some of the great details and what it will endure. And let's just say it involves me and comics and some amazing people. So um, I hope I can't wait to actually break that news here live on the air. Um, again, we just want to thank Austin. I say we again like there like there's a mouse in my pocket. <laughs> again, I would like to thank Austin for joining us. And uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to you on Facebook here. And um, just everybody, go read more comics. If you haven't learned one thing, if you have, if you if you don't really like reading. Try comics. It's a great way to really start your creative juices and really show you, you know, that there's so much more than it being just a kid comic. And it's so much more than just superheroes. There's anything that you're looking for out there, more than likely there is a comic about it, and I'm sure you will enjoy it. Until next week, I thank you all. Again, we thank you, Austin, and you all take it easy. Bye-bye. Woo! <laughs>